Welcome to the April issue of the AES Journal Podcast. I'm Alan Watson. In this month's edition, we present four research papers and an engineering report, spanning a range of work from virtual reality gaming to vinyl record cutting. Remarkably, within one journal issue, two of the papers involve subjects in shooting at targets. In the first paper, by David Poirier-Quinot and Brian Katz, the impact of individualized binaural renderings on player performance in a VR shooter game is evaluated. Participants in the game had to shoot at a series of targets approaching from random directions while presented with audio processed using various combinations and forms of best and worst match HRTF sets. Overall, it didn't seem that HRTF quality had much of an impact on player performance or improvement, although performance for targets at extreme elevations were affected and some people were more sensitive to HRTF selections than others. Jake Lee and Joshua Reese next look into the real-time synthesis of audience applause. Single clap sounds are generated by filtering and envelope shaping a noise source, and a way of creating ensembles is introduced to give the impression of many clappers in a spatially distributed environment. The authors included a number of parameters in their model to ensure user configuration of two different styles of applause, and the results were found to be almost indistinguishable from real-life recordings. A fascinating piece of work by Daniel Wilson and a group of colleagues describes a novel approach to vinyl record cutting using a laser beam. Using mid-side processing, a laser beam is modulated by varying its power and deflecting the beam using a mirror-mounted galvanometer. The resulting laser beam is used to process high-impact polystyrene stereo discs that exhibit zero separation when played back. The authors believe that this is the first time a stereo signal had been recorded using a single laser beam, and that the method requires lower investment costs than traditional pressing plants. Finally, the topic of intelligibility in low bitrate speech coding is tackled by Jacob Avedizian and two co-researchers. Using Czech language speech recorded by four different talkers, distorted by different levels of noise and low bitrate encoded, the authors used traditional ITU-T method of intelligibility evaluation alongside a task involving a laser shooting simulator. Participants in the latter had roles of shooters and counters. Speech from male narrators were found to have a higher intelligibility when using the standard test method, but a greater decrease in the same after engaging in the parallel shooting task. In an engineering report by Pawel Malecki and two co-authors, the settings of reverb processors were studied in relation to traditional room acoustic parameters. Varied settings of ISO descriptors of room acoustics such as reverberation time and clarity, were applied to reverb plug-in processors to observe how virtual space was affected. Psychoacoustic tests of just noticeable difference were then used to determine those for which alterations could be perceived and the results analyzed in relation to real-world mixing processes. In Standards News this month, there's a call for comment on a draft information document dealing with core audio metadata as well as notes about a new project intended to specify a common way of controlling the routing of network audio streams. In the analog field, the SC-05-05 working group has started a new project known as X152 to specify the characterization of analog professional audio interfaces. The resulting document is expected to enable users of equipment to predict how devices will interact when they come together to form a system. Finally, there's an intention to revise AES-69 which is the file format used to represent the exchange of head-related transfer functions and directional room impulse responses. 
Francis Rumsey's feature article this month looks into the challenging audio archiving with multi-track and 90s digital recording formats. Based on elements of the archiving track chaired by Jessica Thompson at last year's New York convention, the article finds that with care and good advanced planning, it is possible to preserve and document current digital projects and to reconstruct old ones. Multi-track tape projects are particularly challenging for the archivist. While old analog formats can be dealt with after many years, the first two decades of digital recordings need rapid attention while there are still machines around that can work or can be fixed. Finally, we present a couple of reviews of recent books. The second edition of Bob Cordell's book on designing audio power amplifiers was enjoyed enormously and recommended by reviewer Dennis Fink. Meanwhile, Todd Bush concludes that advanced applications in acoustics, noise, and vibration, edited by Frank Fay and John Walker, represent the work of people who would be hailed as heroes of a scientific revolution in a slightly different world to the one that seemingly exists. Change the world, he asks? Buy this book. You'll find all this alongside our regular news of product releases and AES section activity around the world in the April issue of the AES Journal at aes.org. From the AES Journal Podcast, I'm Alan Watson.